0: I'm Sailor it's another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey and I want to rock. Rock, rock! Rock, rock I want to rock I want to
1: rock I want to rock, rock! Rock, rock I want to rock, rock Hey new listeners out there you listening <laughs> Sometimes on this show we compare two albums from one artist against each other, discuss, argue, and debate the merits. And in the end, only one album or artist will reign supreme.
2: That's right, Jake. Say it, Ed. And guess Say what? It. Tonight we are doing exactly that. <laughs> it's a typical episode. Ah, oh, damn. Dun,
1: dun, dun.
2: Tonight, we'll be discussing Twisted Sister and battling the albums Stay Hungry and You Can't Stop Rock and Roll.
0: It's true. You can't stop rock and roll. So fuck you for trying. Hey, you guys. Where the hell is Matt? <laughs> Does anybody know? Where he is Matt? I don't know. where. Where is he? Jake?
1: Is he out saving ease? Or? Well, Sailor, you recently uh, recorded an episode with Matt's wife. Did she mention that where he might be tonight?
0: Yeah, actually, I wasn't gonna bring this up, but I think I might—I think I might know what's going on. So, do tell. He, um, I've recorded a couple of episodes of our new show, pretty good for a girl with Mrs. Whiskey Obsessor Jenny, and um, she does such a phenomenal job. Matt was like, you know what? I'm just gonna have to retire. I'm just gonna have to hang up my podcasting boots because Jenny is no just way. that good.
2: So. Wow. So we're we're going to have Jenny on then? <laughs> 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 Works for me. Sorry, Matt. No.
1: I didn't mean that. No,
0: I'm just kidding. Matt's amazing. I don't know where the hell he is. Who actually <laughs> knows where he is?
1: I thought maybe uh <clears throat> I I didn't I didn't hear from him on this, but uh you know, I assumed that he was probably uh out hunting all the florida stores for the new um uh conor mcgregor whiskey because it got <laughs> such hunting. rave such rave reviews
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah just walk down to your local walmart and i think you'll probably find a few on the trail
0: <laughs> boom <laughs> oh shit well i guess nobody knows where the hell he is is this is this what we're saying
2: I think that's what we're saying.
0: Okay. Matt, come back! I like Matt, that sound Matt, effect
1: Matt, there? Matt, <laughs> Matt, Whiskey, Matt obsessor. Come come Whiskey obsessor. Is <laughs> any. Come out and Matt, play. Whiskey obsessor. Come
2: out and play. Matt, come on.
0: Save our ease. Save our ease. Our ease <laughs> are being unsaved right now. <laughs>
1: All right, enough of that. Yeah. <clears throat> oh boy. Well, what uh... you know? We do drink on this show. Do what we? Are you guys drink? Do we? Ed, you go first. Before before we well, get to I know we at least two of I'm us sure do. Will be a great whiskey segment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I bought a new bottle. Oh yeah, I've got Larceny? some. <laughs> no,
2: it's belongs to. The distillery that has been in the news lately um, for having one of their rickhouses collapse.
0: Uh huh.
2: Barton Distillery, it's their very old Barton bottled in bond. Ooh, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And okay. for twenty-one dollars, you can't go wrong. Nope. It's uh, for a hundred proof. <laughs> 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 no, actually, this is a seven fifty. So they must be creeping up in price. But uh yeah you got to pay pay for the n- the new uh new workhouse I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was but, uh Yeah, I like it. It's it's very good. It's a it, it it's a great um everyday bourbon just to keep on your shelf. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's How that's you- another one of those just like the Heaven Hill that where the bottled and bond is uh exceptionally better Mm-hmm. Than, than its uh, counterpart.
2: Uh, <clears throat> Although the 90 proof I did have, the 90 proof is good too.
1: Yeah, w- back when it was still, because that used to be uh, a six-year-old too, and now it just says six crafted or something like that on it, because they got sued for that. You guys remember that? I do. No, I don't. Yeah, oh. they uh, they went through a big lawsuit because they uh, they didn't change anything about the graphic on the label other than... Uh, I mean, they kept the six and everything on there, and then they just dropped the years off and left the word "crafted." And uh, yeah, they got they got sued for uh, it, it was um, like deceiving the public or something like that. Yeah, this deal. one says yep. "crafted six crafted" on the top there. It says a <laughs> hundred. They removed crafted. the six, didn't they? I don't yeah, know. They, they six replaced
2: 100. it with a hundred proof because it says a hundred yep. proof and then yep. crafted it right underneath there. Yep. So.
1: Well, in the famous words of Bobby Boucher, I'm drinking scotch and water. Hold the scotch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. You're on a dry week. Still,
1: huh? still, still sober October.
0: Good for you. I tried to do a sober week this week to get prepared for Halloween, which is my favorite <clears throat> holiday. And I failed miserably when I broke, not broke my thumb, when I sprained my thumb. So. <laughs> I'm gonna try next week. <laughs> Alright, well, <laughs> Try guess, not to hurt yourself. I guess I'm gonna do the whiskey segment now. Let's hear it. Are you guys ready? So just remember love. the kids are back! The
1: kids are back! I'm down! The kids are back!
0: Alright, so. Little bit of a difficult time pairing a whiskey with this band, the band in question tonight. So I, I, yeah, went I could see that a few different ways. Like, you know, do I do like a bar band pick? Like what's a, you know, like a good just bottom shelf, like, you know, something that's decent enough but still a well whiskey in some places or would be a well whiskey to us. Um do I do I base it on match it with the character of D, who for me is Twisted Sister? Um, you know, so I, I struggled a bit and finally it came to me. I had been lucky enough to find out about a whiskey that was being, that was released last year. I knew it was coming for a while. I actually, um, had one of my friends, um, in Belgium try and find it. He found out that it was readily available in Germany My cousin was living in Germany at the time, her and her husband, and um, so she uh, ended up getting me a sample of it. I didn't get a whole bottle of it, but I got a sample from the whiskey, a whiskey society that is in um, Munich. So she sent me the sample. I was super excited. I intended to buy a bottle, never did it. Um, I should probably buy a bottle now if I can find one, which I probably can't. I chose to pair Motorhead Whiskey with the topic tonight. And there's a very important reason why. So, this is a Swedish single malt. And um, it was released, sadly, after Lemmy passed away. It was released in 2017. He did help choose the casks, actually. The band was there, chose the casks, were on site, um, had a big hand in deciding what barrels would go into this bottle. Um, it comes from the uh Distillery, which is world famous. Um, it's been aged in bourbon casks as well. And some of the casks were finished in Oloroso. Uh, sorry, some of the whiskey was finished in Oloroso cask for six months. So you've got a blend of some ex-bourbon barrel finish and some Oloroso sherry finish, which led to a very interesting whiskey. To say the least. So, um, Motorhead had a big hand in helping Twisted Sister actually make it in the industry. They, um, and we'll get into this a bit more in the discussion, but, um, they were pivotal in getting, um, getting them some exposure, the band in England, because that is where, um, That's where the band got its start first as far as labels go and major touring. Uh, As a matter of fact, the band was on a British television show um, and they got a chance to play live and they actually had Lemmy come on stage with them and Hmm. um, basically vouch for them. And that was kind of all you needed at the time for British rock, rock and metal fans. So that's why I chose this whiskey. So since this is a collaboration with a fantastic distillery and a fantastic band, I thought it was also a great collaboration, a fantastic whiskey with a fantastic band and two fantastic front men is kind of how I see this. So just to give you guys, so I went back, I looked at my old notes, I looked at some notes online to compare... Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show, getting samples versus getting a whole bottle, how sometimes that is not a great way to taste a whiskey. I don't know if we've ever talked about this.
2: Not in that uh, respect, I don't think.
0: So um, oftentimes, depending on the size of your sample, it just isn't enough for you to spend enough time with it, it's um, never enough. Well, it's of course it's
1: never enough. <laughs> well, well, some samples, it's plenty enough.
0: <laughs> well, it depends on that. That's it depends on the sample. Um, but sometimes you're just you don't have enough to revisit it. I am yeah. the type of person that has to let it sit in my glass overnight. I have to um, add a little water to some of it. I'll do it neat. I'll do it with some drops of water. Um, depending on the proof level, I might even put like chip an ice cube and stick it in there, just a little chip of it. Um, mm. I, I definitely want to taste it at different times of the day before eating, after eating. And, you know, you can do that with a decent size sample. It just depends. My sample was a little too small. Um, so I wanted to read, um, from other reviewers that I trust what they thought of it. And we were actually all really close. So that made me feel a little bit better about it. Right. Um, So, uh, so yeah, so this whiskey, um, is 80 proof. Um, like I said, it was, uh, it was made in Sweden. Um, and, uh, the, what I got from it was right away, I got vanilla and dried fruit and I got tarragon and I got lots of barrel up front. And then as I spent a little more time with it, as it, um, sat on my tongue a little bit longer, um i got a little bit of the bourbon in there which i'm sure was boosted by the oloroso sherry casks as well then i started to get the raisins um and i started to get spice it is not it did not taste to me like a single malt or a malt whiskey at all and i'm assuming that's because of the being finished in two different types of barrels when i when it was finishing through i got a lot of dried fruit um again that that um the spiciness came back stone fruits lots of dark raisin and all spice was in the finish so it was um interesting a little bit confusing a little bit unexpected lots of spice lots of intrigue that is exactly how i feel about twisted sister back mm. in the day so that Very is my nice. whiskey pairing
1: <clears throat> I, I i was curious Oh, so yeah. I was curious if you were going to cuz they they did that thing at their shows where they would do the take the shots till you puke.
0: Oh god. Contest oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh
1: man. So I didn't and, know if you were going to do a tequila because that's what they did but but yeah. the first time that they did it according to JJ they he said that they did uh wild turkey yes or tequila. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. know if maybe you were going to do uh wild turkey or so that <laughs> I was I was waiting.
0: <laughs> well, I did for a minute think, like, that's why I said, like, I immediately went to, let me do, like, a decent well whiskey that would be right. in a bar, you know, and then I went, you know what, I don't want to cheapen, that. I don't, I won't cheapen whiskey like that, because I was going go to go that route too. like, yeah, wild yeah. turkey and whatever, and I'm like, no, fuck that, because I don't want, I don't want to perpetuate that view of wild turkey, number one, and I don't want to perpetuate the, the idea that whiskey is just for the well, because it's not, so... Um, so I put a little more thought into it, and the motorhead thing came up, and that's what I went with.
2: Very good. Very oh, good like it
0: Thanks, guys. All right. Are we ready to talk about Twisted
2: Sister? I want to talk. Talk. <laughs>
0: By the way, that is the name of Dee Snider's podcast. So, for yes, all of is. our listeners, it's actually a really good podcast. He's very well spoken, and um, it's it's a really great podcast. I highly suggest it. Um, so let's get into this discussion. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna do this timeline a little bit differently. They have one of the strangest backstories in modern rock and metal, I think so so strange it's
2: unique that's for sure
0: (laughs) probably very unexpected I I would imagine most listeners who don't know the full story would never imagine this is how this band came to be Um, so Twisted Sister is a heavy rock band I call them now they used to be considered a metal band they originated in New Jersey and then relocated um, to Long Island New York Um, the band originally was formed by J.J. French in the 70s And they were considered a glam band at the time, went through many, many iterations of styles and. Or um,
2: wasn't the term glitter? A glitter band? Glitter band. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Glitter. Nobody uses that term anymore.
1: (laughs) Glam. Well, glam (laughs) was. Was this just. uh, Was it the. It was like the New York Dolls (laughs) and Iggy Pop. Yeah. Well, I think glam. I guess what I had heard that. that glam was more of a California term, yeah. Because it I would say stood, I would
2: they, I, I, say this is a definite more East Coast glitter,
1: West Coast. You, no, I them, they weren't a glam band actually, at all, but okay, they were called
0: a glam band.
1: <clears throat> so, yeah, we, I think it was when we did. I want to say it was it was either Metallica or Red Hot Chili Peppers, <clears throat> and uh, I was watching. I think it was Metallica because I think it was James. Who said, uh, because, you know, they were coming onto the scene right towards the end of that glam. Talika opened
0: for them when they were brand new.
1: Uh, Well, the word glam, G-L-A-M, and he said it stood for Gay L.A. Metal, so a lot. I don't know if there, that was actually like th- what no, was the term so going around many, or if that was or that was just what they called it at the that's time. That's
0: probably what they <laughs> thought it meant. But there are so many stories of how that came to be the term glam band. I don't know which one is true. Possibly all of them are true, depending on who you yeah. were where you were what region you were in but d has always said and been and, and jj as well we've never been a glam band they were never a glam band they weren't trying Literally. to glam themselves up to look pretty <laughs> they were trying to look shocking they were trying they were shock rock they were early well shock later rockers. on
2: but in the in the beginning it was a little different
0: in the beginning, they were trying to look flashy, but they weren't trying to be pretty. And that is yep. kind of the difference with the glam bands, um, in my opinion. So, um, so they, they went through a lot of, a lot of different styles, a lot of different members. Um, they broke up, they got back together. And then when D came onto the scene, that's really when everything changed for the band. Um, they got a, they got an entertainer and they got someone that was determined and they got someone that is in service to his fans and let me explain what i and mean someone by that.
2: who could stay sober through a show
0: well there's that too <laughs> yeah there's many stories of band members literally passing out in the middle of songs yeah. on stage puking their brains out in the middle, you know just ter- terrible terrible falling off their drum um, stool Yes, but Dee was very serious about what he did, and he had he wanted to be a famous uh, entertainer and an artist, and that's what he was going to do. Um, so, what is the most interesting thing about early um, Twisted Sister? They were playing um, they were playing bars in Long Island, and I wish Matt was here tonight. Un- unfortunately, he's not, my fellow New Yorker. I'm just going to explain a little bit to you about. What it means to be a Long Island band or a New Jersey band, you you might think, oh, you know, they're from New York. It's New York. No, it doesn't work like that. People in Manhattan are not going to go to Long Island to see a show. And a lot of times people in Long Island will not go to Manhattan to see a show. You had two totally different things going on. Going to Jersey, forget it. You're crossing two bridges, you know, people from...
1: I heard it, it, that it's it, like a two-river rule. Forget about it. Yes, the two-river yes. rule. Yes, You don't exactly. cross more than one river.
0: <laughs> that is correct. You do, you, it's, and especially if you were in the city, you never left the city for anything. Maybe the beach in the summers. Um, so when, when they started to really pick up steam as a bar band, they were packing in um, local bars in the New Jersey area, and they were resident bands. Now... I don't know if you guys can understand what it means to pull in a thousand pack, sold out, a nightclub for a thousand people three nights a week. And I mean the same nightclub, not different venues. Hmm. That means for three nights in that week in the same place, they sold out their shows. So that that means that there are so many people in the local area that want to see them, and there are so many people that want to see them multiple times. That is – kind of unheard of and and was kind of unheard of at the time, to be that popular and pull people, their fans would drive for them for hours, would break all the rules that I just talked about. Um, so when we talk about these large venues, um, if you're not from New York, don't assume that, oh, it's New York City, that's common and normal. Not at all. In New York City, you had a problem with venues. You either had little clubs that maybe you could pack in 200 people, 300 people, maybe, or you had the Palladium, which you could get in. I think you can get what four thousand people in there, something like that. You had no in between, so yet you, you kind of had you. You'd get to the point where you hit that ceiling. Okay, we're selling out all the little clubs. There's still people waiting outside. Still people still want tickets, but we still can't pack in the you know a club the size of the Palladium yet. So they would have to leave the city. Um, Twisted Sinister kind of broke that rule and were doing their own thing, their own way. So. Like I said, they started in the early 70s. It wasn't until 1984 that they broke into the mainstream. It was already their third album when they actually finally got their break. That is a long time to be a popular band that can pack in clubs with 2,000 people capacity for years Mm -hmm. and years and years and not be able to get a solid record deal. It's almost unheard of. So... um. Some called it the curse of Twisted Sister. Um, Their first label that they signed with went went bankrupt. They got completely fucked. Um, They got there. There was um, there was a guy that worked for um, a major label in the U.S. who fell in love with them. And he was basically told if he kept saying, hey, we need to sign these guys. We need to sign these guys. And and he was told if you bring bring up Twisted Sister's name one more time, you're going to be fired. Don't fucking ever talk to me about them again. So um, Twisted Sister actually got their start in the UK. And um, they were able to do that because they were signed to a UK label, like I mentioned. Um, The label went under. And um, one of the partners in the label took all the money. There was no money left um, for anything. So they had to self-finance the tour. And um, that's when they met Lemmy. That's when they met the guys in Motorhead. And they got a lot of help from from Motorhead, a lot of help. They were going around vouching for them. They were helping them um, book shows. Um, really gave them a boost. So finally, in 1984, um, there, the album Stay Hungry came out. That's one of the albums that we're going to battle tonight. It broke into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And in 19, a year later, there were – Which I'm sure almost everybody knows about this now. There were some very famous Senate hearings on the topic of censorship in music and art. And Dee Snyder was one of the people, along with Frank Zappa, that spoke out and delivered a speech, um, spoke out against the censorship. This was the whole Tipper Gore era. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, This put him on center stage. You know, he was, they had already. Uh, been a they're already an mtv band getting um intense radio plays stay hungry went multi-platinum
2: yeah i'm glad um, you brought up mtv because i think they played a big part too in their success in the states i was states. just gonna say that oh, yeah big with time. um i want to rock and yes. we're not gonna take we're, it on yes. heavy rotation oh, they yeah.
0: were the dar they were the darlings of mtv for a very everybody long time everybody knows
1: that everybody knows that music yeah. video where yes. they come busting through yeah <laughs> yep
0: yeah um so The 1985 Senate hearings launched the band even further and really solidified D himself as a celebrity in his own right. And if you have not watched these Senate hearings, they are on YouTube. You can watch Mm -hmm. them. As a little girl at the time, I was very young, um, young, young teenager listening to uh, sitting there and seeing – the guys that i was not allowed to listen to you know if my mother had caught me had taken a look at what d snyder looked like and heard this music she would have been like no fucking way so to see him speak intelligently and eloquently in a in a senate hearing was so inspiring to me and so impressive and he became a hero of mine i actually ended up wanting to learn more about censorship in general, wanting to learn more about um, how this all worked and how, um, how censorship went down and how things got cens- censored on the radio and chosen for the radio and album covers being switched out, things like that. And um, I did a big paper in high school on it. So that's really where, for me, Dee became an important person in my life as one of my heavy metal heroes. Sadly, in 1988, the band broke up. So you've got about 10 years of this band busting their asses. They, they make it big in 84, and four years later, they're done. Um, I, I, th- I think that was such a damn shame that, that it was so short-lived. But right. um, the band has gotten back together since um they have toured since and d has had his own projects and has remained in the music um in film uh like we mentioned he has his own podcast he had a radio show before that um so certainly d has managed to stay in the limelight
1: well didn't i didn't i read that was it april or august this year he uh he either gave up or sold off his rights to their music I thought I read that somewhere that he was basically saying, well, it was kind of his way of saying that he was done with Twisted Sister, essentially.
0: Hmm. I don't remember reading that.
1: (laughs) I'll try to find.
2: Seems like kind of an odd thing to do, you know, considering how much work and how much blood, sweat, and tears he put into that band.
0: Well, especially because, I mean, he took over the band, you know, for a long time. Oh, yeah. It was J.J. who was, you know, who was the really owner of the band and even sang for a while, wrote everything, made all the decisions. And then, um, you know, D. came along and it, it took him a while. He was not respected at first. He was really not welcomed into the band um, and treated equal. But uh, but eventually he took over. And I mean, you think of Twisted Sister J., you think of D. Snyder. You don't think of A.J. French. Whether that's fair or not, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. You see D
2: with a big old turkey leg sitting on the, (laughs) or whatever it is, sitting on the floor. Exactly. Stay hungry.
0: Okay, no,
1: he did. He sold off, um, I was connecting two different stories, but he did sell off uh, all of his Twisted Sister songs to Universal Music Publishing Group for, quote, a lot of money Okay. Uh, basically, I think to cover a tax debt. Ah, gotcha.
0: Okay, that's a little different. Yeah, that was yeah. that
1: was the article I, I was reading a different a different article uh, on something else that uh, I was connecting to.
0: One of the interesting things that I have always felt about Dee Snider, um, and there's a, a really great documentary. What the hell is it called again? The documentary, you guys.
1: Shit, uh. I can't
0: remember the name of it. We'll post it. We'll-
1: we are Twisted Fucking Sister. Okay, okay. Are you, are you talking about the documentary that I watched today? Yeah. yeah. It's called We're Twisted Fucking Sister. Because that's what he says at the at the very end of the documentary. Yeah. He shouts that from the stage.
0: D was and is a dedicated um, entertainer. And I just want to explain what I mean by that. There are a lot of musicians that get up on stage and their goal is to play their music very well, play it the best that they possibly can. Some musicians get up there and they want to play their music well and connect with the audience. And then you have entertainers and entertainers have to know that everyone in the audience is having a great time. Then they feel like they're doing their job. And Dee is definitely one of these people. He would be so aware of what was happening in the audience. we're talking a, a room of 2,000 people. And if he saw someone just standing there and they didn't look like they were having fun, he'd call them out. And he'd he'd try to get them first. He'd say, you know what? You're not having a good time? What's going on? What's going on with this guy over here? And if they didn't respond in a way that he liked, then he'd have the entire room, the whole club berate this person <laughs> until they either got on board or they left.
1: That's so um, annoying.
0: <laughs> I like the intention behind it a lot because he was he's like I think Look, it's self-
1: aggrandizing you know, person I don't
0: think it is at all he's <laughs> you're at a rock show you're supposed to be having fun if you're not having fun no, what can but, I do to make what, you have fun no but, what but he, it's
1: it, everybody can enjoy it the way that they want to and if you bought your ticket then nobody has the right to tell you how to enjoy the show you can enjoy it however you want to
0: I don't think that's <laughs> that was really his intention let me give you an example. So, the, f- the first time they were on television in the UK, like I mentioned, um, <clears throat> which is really what launched them, they were playing, and you're playing to a live audience. And he could see that half of the room was just not connecting. They were not into what they were doing. <laughs> the f- people up front were, and he was like, all right, great. And he just kept, like, I don't know what to do. Like, it was driving me crazy. How do I get these people to <clears throat>
1: play better music? <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh. What? What?
0: what yeah, Where did that come from? Where did that come
1: so from? So,
0: he finally said he stopped he stopped <laughs> stopped the show, stopped the music and said he had his roadie bring over his makeup remover, and he started taking his makeup off right there. He said, look, I'm going to do, do something for you, and then I want you to do something for me. He said, what's the matter? You don't like all the makeup I have on? You don't like the way we look? Is that, is that what the problem is? Because I know you like The Rock, but you don't like how we look, huh? Okay. And he right there on television, national television in the UK, um, on stage, he was wiping off his makeup. And the crowd starts going crazy. They start. They're they're loving it. Well, and he's like, okay. No, so no, now he was,
1: he was pandering to the crowd. He and was not finally pandering. He to the was. Crowd. I watched the video. I don't he think was it was pandering at all. I he don't was it even saying, at all. "Now I gave you something. Now you got to give me something." Right. And then they cheered. <laughs> and it Enjoy was,
0: yourself and yeah, rock bagging, out with me. Bagging, and they bagging. did.
1: Please cheer for me.
0: I don't think I don't play see good it enough that way music,
1: and the crowd's gonna get into it.
0: That's not necessarily <laughs> true. Sometimes it takes an entertainer. I think that's I think the, that's the that, thing with a front man is to help you connect. This is an unknown band. You, what I don't think you're realizing, Jake, is at this well, time, people didn't look like they did. put that, to like put that did.
1: particular concert into context, that, that, was, that was that show that their, their, uh, what, my, my, their recording company, uh, Record Label, that was that company that went bankrupt. But the one thing that they had already scheduled was that live broadcast, that TV broadcast, was the only thing that was still scheduled on the books uh, that that record label had done that they still could be a part of. And so they went, and I think they were desperate, personally, at that at that show. They were probably going through a lot of emotion of, you know, what's going on. This record label just went bankrupt. We, were, we have nothing left of this they i think that they probably kind of maybe called in the favor from lemmy and uh and the guitar player from motorhead to kind of help out to say to try to gain some popularity at that Absolutely. show cuz it was it was like a i mean almost a last ditch effort for them at that point to just try to make some money try to get signed or something
0: sure and that makes you a hard working <clears throat> band that makes you smart that makes you um someone that understands that you got to do whatever it takes to make yeah. it, but I, also yeah, believing in themselves. I think he themselves. felt some
2: desperation.
0: I don't see it as just at Stay hungry. At all. I thought
2: that was a, that's a very appropriate It uh, absolutely album
0: title. is. Absolutely is. Yep. He knew what he wanted. This is my goal and I'm going to fucking get there and I'm going to kick the goddamn doors down on my way there. And I respect that. <laughs> I don't see that as begging. I have, I have jumped through hoops backwards, forwards, sideways to get gigs that I wanted in my life. And I wasn't fucking begging anybody. I worked my goddamn ass for it and I was so, willing to do whatever <laughs> it took to okay. a point that stuck within the realm of what I was supposed to be doing. And that's exactly what he did. He found a way to connect with the audience. He understood in that moment that what they were doing was very, very on the edge. They were the Marilyn Manson of the time. Why do they look like this? What the fuck is happening? i think I'm they so were just confused. kiss redone. They were not oh, at all gosh, kiss redone. They're not Jesus. even in the same. You're
1: right. Kiss sold not a lot more. at all.
0: <laughs> not at all. Not at all. They. I think. Not, I think. They, not at all. They kiss. Look. Listen to me. I this think is both fans wanted
1: to be famous. To be famous. That's what they. This both is the wanted intention of Twisted be.
0: Sister. They were freaks, and they were saying to the other freaks out there, "It's okay to be a freak. Fuck those normal people. What we now call the basic bitch. We didn't have a term for that yet." If you were weird or ugly, especially ugly, you, you were unattractive, you, that's how you felt, or, or nobody understood you, come here. We can all be weird ugly and and cast out together and you're accepted here and that was the point of what they looked like what they looked like was insane and that was on purpose look we're all fucking freaks and guess what here's a room of 2000 freaks and you're accepted here you can you can get your freak on and you can have fun and we we give you permission to do so and we accept you and that's, great. You. that's and great that that was exactly what they were doing and i think that's what was so smart about how he would address um the crowds and his fans at his shows and what he did on television was fuck it you you know you don't get that that's what we're doing okay fine we don't have to do that then you're still going to want to rock out with us though i'm going to accept you and you're going to accept me it was about acceptance and at that time jake i'm telling you back then being a freak was not cool at all not especially in fucking long oh, island yeah. long well, island being oh yourself my, you want to talk about inventing the basic bitch you are has
1: always been cool that's what cool no, is that's what cool not, is, is it was is just not it was not seen yourself. as
0: cool and it was not cool to just be yourself <laughs> there was no such thing at the time you were supposed to look like everybody else dress like everybody else be pretty be popular all that's that that's not shit. cool
1: that's being a lemur. okay well, what's a but, lemming a lemming oh that's what was expected of that's you, what was expected in
0: at in the early uh, m- through most of the 80s yeah to be a you know a long-haired metalhead rocker was not cool i mean we thought each other were cool but not the fucking mainstream not the majority we were the minority we were picked on in the we 70s bullied. and
1: 80s to have long hair that was that was everything that was cool
0: you weren't there. Trust me, it was not. You were not the cool kid in school. You were a burnout. You were no. a stoner. You in were a loser. the 70s and 80s? You were- yes. Yes, Jake. Yes.
1: Well, scenes how yes. my dad graduated in 74 and had hair to his shoulders and was like considered one of the coolest guys around. All of his friends had long hair. They were Led Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner fans. Uh, my sister... Graduated high school in ninety four. She was coming up around the same time, and all of like the guy friends that sh- I mean Metallica, they had long hair. All the guys in the middle of the Listen, they were not Crew mainstream at the and, like, time. In
0: nineteen eighty three. Definitely. In, na- in nineteen like, eighty-three, bands, this was not mainstream. Listen to me. In nineteen eighty three, <laughs> your friends may have thought you were cool. I'm sure your dad's friends all had long hair too. But all the bands and they had cool. long hair. Yes, but they were not considered popular and mainstream and accepted by everybody. They were subversive. Led they were Zeppelin? weird.
1: They all had long hair. How is that not cool? They're the biggest band on the planet. This they is a all very had long bizarre, hair.
0: it is a very bizarre argument. I don't know where the fuck you've been <laughs> for all of our shows, but the whole point of these bands, the, the reason why people like us gravitated to it. Certainly somebody like me is I never felt like I was normal. I didn't fit in with the the blonde haired blue eyed girls that had perfectly straight hair and were preppy. I didn't fit in that world. I didn't know where I fit. I was a weirdo. I was a freak. I was into weird things. And the the kids who were like me were all weirdos and freaks. I mean, it was not cool at the time.
2: And Jake, yeah, don't get so hung up on the hair. It's not just the hair. No, it's not it's just the, the hair. It's the way you dress. It's <laughs> yeah. the way you put on makeup, or
1: whatever it is. Hair is just a, a, a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, I was just, I was just, I, I mean, just making the point that that was obviously very in and cool because the biggest bands in the world at the time had that long hair. Rock sure, and style. and
2: that's 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 so a I, valid I mean, point, but I'm just saying that's that's not the only not what we're talking about.
0: Twisted Sister looks nothing like Led Zeppelin. Twisted Sister look like carnival freaks. And that was the point that they were making is because, I mean, you might see a picture of me, Jake, when I'm 14 and think I look cool by today's standards, but I felt like a carnival freak. I felt like a circus freak because that's how the other kids made me feel because I didn't listen to Debbie Gibson and I didn't do all the preppy normal things. I was fucking weird and I, I felt ugly when I was younger and bands like this made me feel accepted. And that was very, very important, especially if you grew up in an area where, you know, it's affluent, there's a lot of money, and everybody wants to look and act exactly the same, which is how Long Island was at the time. It's exactly how it was. I'm not talking about living in the East Village of New York City. That's a different story. But out there, out there, I mean, these 2,000 people, it was like fucking church for them. And I think that's why they would go to their shows two and three nights a week. It was like going to church. I'm loved here. I'm accepted here. They get me. I get them. This dude standing next to me gets me. We can't dare look like this, though, when we go to our day job or go out to dinner. You know, we can only look like this when we go to these shows or whatever. That's what was happening in the 70s and early 80s. The 80s was not a time of expression like a lot of people feel like it was the early 80s it was a very very strange time and if we're looking at it on this show from one lens and that's only one lens so the whole well, we're purpose- probably looking
1: at it through three different lenses <coughs> it depends i think i think, mean, it, I, think well, it all, I think a lot of it depends I mean, the on intention how you in-
0: of the show well i think, think it, it depends,
1: depends it this on how, way. You, how you interpret it
2: how True. many other bands at the time looks like twisted sister zero can you count more than on one hand who looked like Twisted Sister? At not,
1: all? not not in the way that not in the way that they did it, and exactly. you know most of the other bands that had you know similar representations, maybe not for the same reasons or to the same extent, had already moved away from that. So, I mean, if you're talking about Kiss and Bowie, like they had already moved away from the cross dressing and the makeup and, and and that. So the yeah, Twisted Sister was definitely the only. Or at least the biggest, the, the the most well known of any of the groups that were doing that.
0: But they were still doing their cross dressing and their makeup in a very different way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they were. Sure. They were very doing it. So. It was to look. It, it was a, a grotesque display of beauty in a way, and that was the whole point of it. Like I said, that's how we all felt. Like we looked inside and it was it, you were told it was okay you were told you were part of something that was okay and it was acceptable and that was very very important back then and i think that is that is absolutely why they became so popular um and then to see that play out on a mainstream stage was very strange it was it was a very strange thing when these kids who would you know fuck with me in the hallways at school and would call me a freak and a <coughs> fucking whatever and then they're, they've are they got on Twisted Sister t-shirts. I wanted to be like, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. But of course, I was too young to understand. Okay, right. there's some acceptance here. They're going to right. make, you know, maybe our worlds just came a little bit closer. But at first I was like, fuck your face. How dare you? You made fun of me for listening to that shit. And now it's cool because they're on MTV. What the fuck? That happened a lot back then. A whole That's lot. That's exactly
1: what you should have just said to them.
0: I didn't say anything to them.
1: Oh, they should (laughs) have.
0: They were bullies, assholes.
1: This (laughs) is not for you. Best way to take care of bullies: punch them right in the face.
0: Well, that's a different. (laughs) That's a whole different story. That happened a few times, but I got in trouble, so I stopped doing that.
2: (laughs) So where are we in the timeline now?
0: So I mean, we did. So I I did the timeline a little bit different, um, so that we would have time for our battle and cause it's such a strange backstory of the band. So I really think it's a good time to get into our album battle, but I do
2: oh
0: have to. Can you bring first. up, I gotta
2: bring up one story yeah, do it. that I find just crazy. Yes. Um, D was talking about how they would play these long shows, couple hours, two, three hours at a time. And they would have to fill in time with just do crazy stuff. And they started getting on the um, Disco Sucks
0: yes. <laughs> kick. I love and so those they started pictures
2: chanting too. Disco Sucks. They even yeah. made a song, I think, yeah. about yeah. Disco Sucks. Yep. And, they, and the people, the rock and roll crowd was just eating this up. Yep. They were loving it. Disco Sucks. They would buy album, disco albums, throw them on the stage and trample them and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. And so they went so far, they thought... Um, Barry White was a good representation <laughs> of the whole disco oh the story uh, movement, is so up. and so this <laughs> is is so they would they would have like hang Barry White in Effigy during the shows, and they're just Basically you know a giant in their Barry mind. It's like this yeah. is our this is disco. They hung him
0: and then beat him to death. Killing
2: disco just disc, you know sucks <laughs> until they took that show upstate New York. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and yeah, yeah.
2: out of their uh, multicultural world, and that was interpreted a little different. And I guess someone said something after the show. It was the club
0: owner, you know, yeah, it was a it. club
2: owner said anyone who would hang, a, I mean, use your imagination. N word. Then and then they were of course mortified. And they're yeah. Like, oh my god, you know. And that was the that was the end of that. You know, that's not what they intended. But then they saw, okay, this is the way some people are taking it enough of that then they switched to um <laughs> what is it electrocuting what was, no, was that chick what was her name chick in the electric chair yeah. or whatever so
0: now they're gonna electrocute a woman that's even great a white, all right a white woman yeah a white woman
2: <laughs> but anyway but yeah so some crazy stories from well
0: you guys the early days. upstate new york at the time was like going a fucking um what's it called what the hell is it called oh god um why did it just deliverance that it was so <laughs> trust me my dad's family is up there it yeah. you leave the city and head into upstate new york and it is a whole other world we used to call it the this is so bad we used to call it the kentucky of new york <laughs> but that's what it was like <laughs> at the time you were not in the same universe i don't know what the hell yeah so i can't even i can totally imagine that happening oh yeah
2: <laughs> all right but yeah i just thought it was a was an interesting story and wanted to bring it up, but let's get on to the album battle.
0: Alright, let's take a break first. Cause I gotta pee.
2: Alright. You can believe
1: all the things I've done wrong in my life. Without even trying i on the edge of mind. And we are back. You guys ready to talk about these albums? Hell yeah. I am ready. Battle Royale.
0: Let's do it. Alright, in corner number one, we have You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. And in the other corner, we have Stay Hungry. Dun, dun, dun. Both albums, Chart Toppers and Stay Hungry went multi-platinum. You Can't Stop Rock and Roll went gold. Nineteen eighty-three and nineteen eighty-four, respectively. Who wants to begin?
1: <clears throat> um,
0: <laughs> don't all jump at once. <laughs> well,
1: without giving away everything, um, you can't stop rock and roll. Um, to me, was virtually unlistenable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really wow. didn't. I didn't really didn't like a single song on this album. <laughs> I don't know, like. <clears throat> there there's certain I don't know. I don't so know. There's just, something, there's just something about it that I just I just let don't me ask you a question, for. Jake.
0: Do you like Dee's voice?
1: <sighs> it's not I don't hate his voice. It's maybe I think it's more I don't love his style of singing as much I don't know there's it, it's it's kind of like every piece of every piece of of it is just meh hmm. I just don't I just don't think there's when I listen to this album um, I just there's nothing about it that just wows me at all I mean a- any part of it i mean I don't, yeah I don't okay know. I, just... I
2: can expand on that jake i think i'm kind of feeling <laughs> you um to me this album i i i really do like d's voice i think he's a great performer um yes like the band they're capable of some great songs but unfortunately none of those songs are on this album i mean this album it's not a bad album um, I'm not, I don't want to trash it. It's not a bad album. It's just, to me, it's just an, just an okay album. Um, I, there were no standout um, tracks on this album, in my opinion. Um, none of these songs would make it in any kind of metal playlist that I would put together. Um, so, I mean, from my opinion, Come Out and Play is a much better album. Than than this one. (coughs) Interesting.
0: Well, hmm, I think that one of the things I like about You Can't Stop Rock and Roll is it's a bit of a different sound than Stay Hungry. And perhaps that's what I like about it, that it's a little bit more raw, a little bit more of their old style. They kind of clean. I feel like when they got into stay hungry, they it's very clean in a way.
2: You know what? I did get what you say is true. I did get when I was listening to this album and even the one before it, I listened to several albums, even ones we weren't battling and they sound. some of those albums, they sound like they're performing live.
0: Yes. Um, it's yeah, that more exactly.
2: raw sound you're, mm-hmm. which you allude to. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um there's a part I I, I kind of like that though because I like that dirty, gritty, raw stuff in my old rock, hard rock. So I think that's probably why I have an affinity for this album.
2: I could see that if you're a fan of that sound. Well, I think I think,
1: I think at this uh, sorry, I, I think uh <clears throat> part of their part of their story in a way is, I mean, it connects with their style because they, I mean, they, they're they kind of, at least to this point even, they're kind of just like an epic bar band in a way. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. it's not like at this point that they're doing a world tour or that they have, you know, a huge production budget and a bunch of studio time and and all this stuff. I mean, they're kind of skimping at the bare minimum, and they're really they're a band that's known for live performance. And right. I think that's that's something when you listen to an album of theirs, you're not getting their performance art style of what they do best. And I think I think that's really that's I th- because their 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 look and their stage presence and their style of performance is so important to them and their and their history i think a lot of that doesn't translate on an album
2: i totally agree with you and that's what i was thinking if listening to these songs on an album is one thing but i bet you bet you 10 bucks if i was in a in a bar or some kind of venue and saw them play all these tracks live i'd be like man this is freaking awesome
0: yeah oh, i'd yeah. be
2: into it yeah
0: For sure. I mean, I've seen them live and and I've seen them live a few times and they are phenomenal live. Uh, So they're just great performers and entertainers. And I, I, I would have to agree that you would much prefer it live as opposed to the way it was recorded. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um for me, the kids are back. It's one of my favorite Twisted Sister songs, so I love that song. Um, the power and the glory, I really love as well, and you can't stop rock and roll. Um, but to me, the kids are back is the that's the song off of this album. It's just it's a great Twisted Sister song. Period.
2: That was interesting too. How they they kept the title track as like at the very end of the album.
0: Yes, yeah. I I I want. I don't know. I I tried to read up on that, and there's not a lot of um, explanation of intention on that. And it was a weird time for them with that label. So I wonder. I, I don't know. I don't know because it's usually mm-hmm. the opposite. So
1: is it ironic? Right. Yeah, is, is it ironic that the rock and roll album stops with a song called "You Can't Stop Rock Roll? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh that is ironic
0: <laughs> oh christ only you jake <laughs> all right let's move on to the next album shall we let's Day hungry was released in 1984 Went multi-platinum this was their breakout album it's probably the only album that people who are not fans of twisted sister they will know most of the songs on this album Mm -hmm. or at least two of them um you've got we're not gonna take it and i want to rock both on this album so um (laughs) yeah it was yeah
2: and um what i was racking my brain today there's the song the song burn in hell was featured in a movie
1: in oh, yeah. part of it
2: and i couldn't could not for the life of me think of what it was
1: hmm
0: we to look it up
2: but uh anyway those three songs for sure now i guess there's a big reason why this album was their breakout and not the previous yes one um yeah so for me this was no contest obviously stay hungry for me is, is is the much better album in my opinion as far as being an album. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's got a different production budget and Sure.
1: Well, there, and even a lot. Okay, so for me I, the pro- go ahead. I I'm so even it. the
2: production I don't think come out and play. Now, that, to me, was a a big jump in production. You could tell that they were really riding off the success of um, Stay Hungry. But anyway, but yeah. Go ahead, Jake. What were you going
1: to say? I I think this is where, you know, coming into the MTV era, too, that, you know, you got to see uh, the performance value on TV. So whether you've been to a concert or not, you got to see, uh, you know, We're Not Gonna Take It. And you got Mm -hmm. to see them, you know, their live art. You got to see them in their costumes and, you know, Mm -hmm. see that part of them on television. So those, at least those two songs, you got to kind of get an idea of not just what the song was, but kind of who they were and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of the cheekiness. Now, this might not come out great, but... those two songs for them if you, if you were to i mean those being their two most popular songs that kind of to me always represented them to them to that kind of hard rock or as some people would call you know the heavy metal genre they that was to that genre what like jock jams is to hip hop <clears throat>
2: Well, it was such a. <laughs> it was. It was just, a release. It was
1: just. It's
2: you know. It was, it was just was, so anthemic and yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think it came at a perfect time.
0: Oh God! Yeah. Too. Yeah, eighty four you know? was the perfect time for this album to come out for sure. I mean these these two songs are these are legendary rock anthems. I mean. Who if if I want a rock comes on, I challenge anyone to at least not tap their foot, you know. Same with we're not gonna take it, and I mean, what kid wasn't like, yeah, we're not gonna take it, right? Yeah, suck it.
1: I thought I the mean, music videos. I've always thought the music videos were funny, cheeky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, of I, course. This is this is kind of where uh, you know, especially with those with those two songs, where I kind of would compare them, you know, to to KISS. In that KISS kind of had a lot of different albums that didn't all sound like, you know... Uh, I want to rock and roll all night yeah. party every day. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, that's kind of a, a similar representation where KISS has this, like, massive anthem, you know, super popular hit song that... Oversh- now, again, similarly... I don't like Kiss's music. I don't really care for Twisted Sister's music either. But I think you kind of have like a similar, uh, a similar setup where there's a couple of really big, popular anthem songs that really overshadow an entire catalog that doesn't necessarily sound like that. <clears throat> you guys kind of see the point I was making there. Maybe not. No.
0: <laughs> you don't. Th- I don't think these two. I think this is a cohesive album, in my opinion. I don't feel. I know exactly what you're saying, and I don't feel that way about this album at hmm. all. I think it's very cohesive. <clears throat> um, I don't know. For me, that I, I feel like they all go well together, and it's, it's. I can tell it's, yeah, it's one sound. I don't have that issue with this album.
1: Oh, I'm not saying it's an issue. I just mean like, not even on this album. I just mean kind of mean as a catalog altogether of all of their songs i don't think I, I don't think those two songs necessarily represent what the rest of their songs sound like i think they, they kind of have a, a different sound to them
0: Maybe. i don't know that i agree
1: my how i see it um there's the track
2: smf at the end sick motherfuckers yeah yeah that's what yeah, they the to, sick that's mod- what they called their fans.
0: Their fans, yeah, their <laughs> sick mother. See, yeah. that's exactly what Oh, that's what right,
2: because that was brought up in the Senate hearings.
0: Yes, it was, yep, yep. But that's what they called their fans, and that's what that's. It was kind of. It's like Lady Gaga calling her fans, you know, little monsters.
2: Monster. Oh, so she a turn of endearment.
0: It is, and it's it's a very similar thing. You know, she grew up feeling ugly and out of place and not accepted, and that's what her fans feel like. And she knows that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you felt that way as a kid yourself, you can connect with that easily when you see that in in young people, especially, um, or just even you know people your same age peers but um that's i love that song on this album actually i love that song and i remember it coming up in um i think it was hit parader magazine maybe when that album came out and i was reading it and god i was probably what was i 11 when this album came out 11 or
2: 12 84 yeah i I was 14
0: yeah so i was 11 or 12 This this was when I was really, like, just gobbling down every piece of music I could get. Anything hard, anything metal, anything. I would just oh my god, I was I was obsessed. This is when I was. This was the beginning of my journey into hard Mm -hmm. music, and I remember reading. They asked him about that song in in this article, and he explained what "Sick Motherfuckers" was, and I just remember being like, yeah. I'm a sick mother, you know, it was like, they didn't exactly type motherfucker, but i have like, oh yeah, I totally connected with that as a little kid. Like I got it instantly, totally connected with that. And I felt like I was, I was a part of them too. And that was, that was a really good feeling. It was a really important feeling.
2: Sure. Yeah. I guess for me, this was one of the very first bands, um, also that kind of connected me with the more heavier, um, heavier music, you know, of course with, we're not going to take it. And I want to rock, you know, being the pr- principal, um, songs. Um, yeah, it was about that time. It was, um, the big heavy bands I was into was like, there was Def Leppard. So it's his sister and, um, uh, well, a rat. <laughs> I know at th- that time it <laughs> was very big with a round and round out of the cellar. Um, had album was out. I forget what year that came out. It was around that time too but yeah
0: so you had yeah 19 van halen's 1984 came out ride the lightning was released in 84 um the scorpions love it first thing obviously stay hungry that we're discussing perfect strangers from deep purple grace under pressure from rush slide it in from white snake which was massive at the time oh yeah um, huge at the time god um who else did you have that was uh Hanoi Rocks? Um, I think that was their only big chart topper. Um, Kiss Animalize was released then. Um The Meat Puppets 2. Uh who else did we have? Foreigners. Um Bon Jovi, self titled Bon Jovi. Um Lita Ford's album Dancing on the Edge. Which was also a oh, huge. Hit. Okay, I
2: was right. Rat out of the cellar did come out in eighty four as well.
0: Rat's out of the cellar, yeah. 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 So I mean this was it was per- it was it was perfect timing, you know? They the, the the it was just perfect timing. Oh my god, Motorhead's No Remorse also. Oh
1: okay.
0: came out that year. So um it was it was the perfect time for this to stick, for this to catch on, and for this to become a lasting. These songs become lasting rock anthems for sure, for sure.
2: Okay, so I suppose do we do we really need to take votes
0: here?
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, we're really, kind of apparent.
0: I get we don't know yet what Matt's choice is, so we're gonna have to find That's that true. out, and this then we'll have to post um, on our Instagram story and our facebook group and we'll poll there as well um what you guys think and what your favorite twisted sister album is um but let's just go around the room and confirm it
2: okay well i'll go you know it's it's if i didn't make it obvious enough stay hungry is my vote
0: take
2: i'm
1: still hungry (laughs)
0: i think they have an album called still hungry actually (laughs) so you're a fan after all (laughs) no i'm still
1: still hungry for something good to listen to oh jesus oh (laughs) darn it
0: so i also will choose stay hungry um so we will have to wait and see what matt says and uh make our final announcement Well, at this point,
1: does it really matter what Matt says? (laughs) No, I think I think think Matt's probably going to say this same album. I think so too. Yeah, I think think just a hunch. I I think I think just uh, I always try to think of: um, Can you tell the story of Twisted Sister without this album? You just can't. No, you can't.
0: Absolutely
1: not. I think this is. This is that one album that you just you could never you couldn't leave it out because it's it has their their two no biggest hits I think it's their yeah. biggest selling album yeah uh, yeah it is <laughs> and and going back to our MTV episode it was also huge on MTV oh, so yeah. it told a totally different story you know yes. there too so
0: it's one of the most played um, rock and metal videos of all time on MTV actually when I was doing research that came up um if it had if it was still on today in the same format they'd still be playing it today
1: Mm -hmm. i mean
0: it's still the songs are still played on the radio like every week i hear them on the radio you know and it's how many years later so yeah
2: yeah i'd encourage everybody to check out decent nitrous podcast um he he talks about growing up in his family and his dad his dad was you know grew up you know he was a depression kid um, really tough guy. Um, and I guess that's who the, the guy in the video, um, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. He said that <laughs> kind of was inspired by his yep. father. Yeah. Yes. So,
0: yeah, his podcast is great. He's an excellent order. Um, he, he's, he's, yeah, he's fantastic.
2: Yeah. And he's got a new album out too. He does. You heard we his new album for we the ta- love of metal.
0: Yeah. We talked about it. Remember on a news segment. I think right after, right as it was coming out, I think Jamie Josta from Hatebreed produced it, and because um, he had challenged D on his own podcast to do a contemporary metal album.
2: Hmm. And okay, but anyway, I like it. It's I really do good.
0: I do too. I said it at the time. I really liked it. I was really surprised because I don't like contemporary metal. So right. I was like, "There's no fucking way I'm gonna like this shit." I was wrong. I was wrong. All right, on that note, this was an awesome discussion. Thanks, guys, for participating.
2: If you enjoyed this podcast, this episode, uh, please tune in next week where you'll hear another episode of metal rock and whiskey but until then before we before we get out of here is there anything anyone wants to talk about maybe what they've been listening to lately that they want to bring up
0: um i've been listening to a lot of um d snyder's podcasts as we just talked about and i'm still listening to lore which i love l-o-r-e um It's a podcast about folklore that's just, especially I always come back to it in the fall and winter because Halloween reminds me, oh, I haven't listened to lore for a while so, because I like spooky things and um, oh my God, I wanted to ask you guys, that reminds me, have any of you seen Mandy? The movie.
1: Mandy. With
0: Nicolas Cage, the horror movie.
1: No, never heard of it. Is that from like 89 or something?
0: No, it just just came out.
1: What movie am I thinking of?
0: No. Okay, forget it. It just forget came it. out? Yes, it just really?
2: came out. With yes. Nicolas Cage? I have not heard anything about this movie.
0: Google that shit and watch the trailer. I do not right. do scary movies, okay? I'm a chicken shit. I don't like scary I like old-style scary movies. What I don't like about modern scary movies is it's disturbing, and it, it's mm. human suffering, and I don't get entertained... By watching humans suffer, I'm not into that. The blood
1: and gore stuff, I don't get. Yeah,
0: the into overdone people don't
2: scare as easily. They see so much sick. It's, shocking stuff on
1: TV and everything anymore. It, it they got. I don't
0: want that shit dandy. in my head. You know, I, like the I don't need those things in my head.
1: The psychological stuff. More, I'm more, yeah. more of a thriller. Yes,
0: I'm the same. Movie. yeah or it has to be like ridiculous or like a
2: sixth sense kind of a yeah. or
0: ridiculous monsters that are so oh, yeah. not real it's you know entertaining um so normally i would not gravitate towards a movie like this but there was something about the trailer when i watched it. i just went oh my god i actually want to see this it looks and i thought how the how scary can nicholas cage be <sighs> i've always been on the fence about him so um We looked for it in the theaters and it is not playing in the theaters out here. I don't know if, I don't know if it made it into theaters and was pulled. I don't know if it's never going into the theaters. I don't know. Hmm. It, It is, I, after watching it, I'm so glad I didn't see it in the theater. I would not have been able to handle it. I'm telling you right now, I would have left. There's no freaking way. We had to stop the movie about four times for me to just turn on the lights and like take a breath. Um, oh I screamed several times. I covered my eyes through a lot of it. It has stuck with me. I had a nightmare about it after we watched it. But it was so, oh. so good because it's so weird. Like so weird and bizarre. But Jake, don't see it. It's gore <laughs> times no, a thousand. See, I, don't do it.
1: I, I've always, I always try my best when I watch movies. I, I will allow myself to just feel all the feels of whatever the movie is. So if, if it's a, a thriller, I, I will allow myself to just get completely immersed into it and and get freaked out because I can generally just shut it down afterwards. But I like to, because what's the point of you know watching a movie like that if you're not going to allow yourself to really just feel it? And yeah, I, I have a tendency to, it hurts my heart.
0: <laughs> uh yeah yeah there are several Elizabeth. things <laughs>
1: i'm coming to join you
0: <laughs> i'm coming i'm coming it's finally happening um i yeah there there's there's a heartbreaking moment that i was just like no way i don't think i can keep watching this oh shit i can't do it <laughs> so awful but yeah um if you like scary movies if you like gore if you like weird shit that will make you like keep breaking your brain over like i'm still thinking about it then definitely watch mandy if not don't watch it if you oh my god i'm still on the fence whether i should have watched it or not i still don't know
2: (laughs) yeah yeah, well myself yeah i've also been checking out um d snyder's podcasts um specifically and of course because this show was coming up and also um i wanted to know kind of a little more about him because i know we're really kind of pushing petitioning to have him hopefully come on an episode when we talk about music censorship that would be awesome yes so d if you just happen to hear this sometime we would love to have you as a guest it would be great
0: absolutely love to have you as a guest
2: um, and also, I've been checking. Also, list, keep continuing to listen to Jim Florentine's um, podcast, Comedy Metal yes. Um I know we brought this up in the last episode, but yeah, check that out. That's that's pretty good. Good I stuff. Laugh, too. I
0: laugh hard, yeah. very hard.
1: I've just Jake? got. I've just got a total. I've been uh, binging on a really nerdy health podcast called. Uh, I think it's is it Finder found my fitness with Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She's uh, just a brilliant scientist who interviews. Uh, great interviewer too. I I love when podcast hosts are are great interviewers that ask great questions mm-hmm. and and yeah. you know don't make it about themselves, but yet you know put in where their expertise is welcome into the conversation. She's fantastic at it, and she's so just uh you can tell she just absolutely knows her shit she never tries to bs like she'll flat out just say like how oh, you know i i don't know the facts on that or something like that if it comes to that but she interviews a lot of just really interesting people that talk uh, a lot of, they they kind of debate um different diet trends and health trends and uh uh chemicals that are in food and everything else so it's a, it's really very interesting podcast holly sorbet 80 Johnny. oh that comes up <laughs> <Not> <laughs> well. there's an old <laughs> reference yeah mm.
0: well all right since matt's not here i'm gonna have to take over this part to all of our listeners our fellow metal rock and whiskey obsessors we value your opinions and your feedback Find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions. Don't send suggestions or concerns. Just tell us you love us. You can also follow us all individually on Instagram. You can follow Matt at The Whiskey Obsessor, save the E. You can follow me all over the internet as Sailor Retro. Ed.
2: And they can find me on
1: Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Jake you can find me on Instagram at bourbon Spartan not super active this month as uh, I don't have any alcohol to talk about <laughs> that I've been trying because I haven't been drinking. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you'll more or less just uh, find me peeking in on, on all my friends posts and uh, and I'll come back and be a little bit more active on my own page when I get back to it. So hope you guys uh, all enjoyed this discussion as much as we did uh, studying for it but my glass of water is <laughs> and, and it's more more that this That's glass so this gla- these glasses of water are flowing through <laughs> me faster than I can drink them so tip your waitress on your way to the bathroom We're it goes out here. down a
2: little easier than the brown water oh boy oh boy
0: <laughs> alright well D, thank you for being one of my rock and roll heroes and fuck you Lars
2: Later, everyone. Let me pull to your